Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Lord God, we come into your house this morning excited to hear what you have for us. Reminded of the season and this opportunity, Lord, to reflect of all the blessings that you have given us. Most importantly, that blessing of your son, Jesus. Lord, as we focus on the scripture this morning, as we sing your praises, as we listen for your voice in our own lives, may it be clear, Lord, what you have for us today. In your name we pray. Amen. This morning's passage is out of Luke chapter 1, verses 46 through 55. If your scripture, if your Bible has uh, headings, it'll say Mary's song. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things. For me, holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down the rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, even as he said to our fathers. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. May God add his blessing to the reading this morning as we continue singing. There's probably no other time of year that we think about singing than at, more than at Christmas time. So I thought we would look at the uh, song that uh, could be the first song, I guess you could say, about the theme of Christmas. Christmas uh, uh, from Mary's perspective uh, prior to the time of uh, Jesus' actual birth. What does her song say to us uh, many centuries later? I think we can probably find some things here in her song that would help us to sing a song of Christmas, to celebrate the songs of Christmas in our hearts and in our lives in the next couple of days especially. Uh, In verse 46, uh, Mary says, My soul glorifies the Lord. I think that's the first thing we do when we sing a song, when we come to the time of celebrating Christmas, is we glorify the Lord with our soul. Now, in the Hebrew, that means all of life, our total life. Soul was everything you are, uh, everything you ever hoped to be was part of your soul. And so if we sing Christmas carols with our whole heart, really putting our our total selves into it, then we're doing that kind of celebrating that Mary did when she sang the first song of Christmas. When we immerse ourselves in beautiful music, uh, maybe we can't sing or perform, but we can listen to others, and in that immersing process, we are celebrating the song of Christmas, glorifying the Lord with all of our heart and soul. 
There was a movie several years ago called Chariots of Fire, and I think the main actor's name, the, the person that was about was a fellow named uh, Eric Lytle. And he said about himself, he was a runner, it was a, he was a marathon runner, he said about himself, God made me for a purpose, but he also made me fast, and when I run, I feel his pleasure. That was part of his glorifying the Lord. He offered to the Lord all of his life, his talents and his gifts. And there are many people, like the writer of that movie, who write to glorify the Lord, whether they're novelists or playwrights or poets, they are writing to glorify the Lord with all of the gifts and talents that God has given to them. Uh, Lorraine Snelling is one of those uh, authors, a favorite author of mine. Her books are in the library. I've discovered them since I've been here the last eight months, and I've probably read eight or ten of them, I guess, here. And so uh, she's a historic fiction writer. And the series that I've been reading are about settlers from Norway in the early part of the 1900s. And uh, they found that whatever they did, each one of those settlers had different gifts. And as they presented their gifts to the Lord, they saw that as glorifying the Lord. And so whether they were a parent uh, or a plumber, whether they were a farmer or a, what's another word? Father. Father. Okay, there you go. Uh, and, uh, and whether you were an architect or a nurse. Okay, there you go. Antagonist. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> if I was a really good preacher, see, I could really just slam those things right off there. How about this? Engineer or electrician? How's that? Yeah, there you go. No matter what you are, if you're offering those gifts to God, you are glorifying the Lord with your whole heart and soul. Mary glorified the Lord uh, with all of her life and her soul. And then in verse 47 it says, And my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. We celebrate in our spirits as we rejoice that Jesus is our personal Savior. That's the, the personal part of this celebration. We can have that outward with all of our life kind of stuff, but then we also need the inward part of celebrating within our spirit, rejoicing in Jesus as our Savior. Because of our different gifts and personalities, we glorify, glorify the Lord in different ways. Some of us glorify the Lord outwardly, very demonstrably, something like that. And then others uh, do it in quiet introspection. This week, as I visited uh, nursing homes, I found that there were people there who glorify the Lord inwardly, privately. One of the ladies uh, uh, is one, every time I go to visit, many of you will know if you've been to visit her, you don't pray for her, she prays for you. And that's the best blessing in the world is when you go to visit somebody, you come away with more of a blessing than you give to the person who comes. And so that is her inward joy to glorify the Lord in prayer. And then one of the other ladies, uh, I'd been to see her several times, and she had been sleeping. And so this time, uh, uh, she was wide awake and sitting with a bunch of other folks watching some television. But she told me all about how she prays every day. Says she, she said she prays several times a day. She said she sees Jesus right there with her uh, in the nursing home. And so she's able to glorify the Lord uh, personally and inwardly as she prays to the Lord. 
And then a couple of the other ladies told me about how they missed seeing their friends at church and they wished that they could come to church regularly, but that they were able to glorify the Lord right there. Uh, they think of the church every Sunday morning. They think of you folks who are gathered here together. So each of these ladies are doing just like Mary says. Their spirit is rejoicing in Jesus as their Savior. And then verse 48, the first part of the verse says, For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. Celebrating also should have a degree of humility. We don't come celebrating because we've done some great thing and we, you know, we, we, we deserve to, to celebrate, but rather we come humbly before the Lord, recognizing that it is because of what Jesus has done for us that we can celebrate the season. We can humbly celebrate uh, what, what Jesus has done for us. Several months ago, I uh, spoke about being friends of God, being friends with Jesus. In John 15, 15, Jesus says, I don't want you to call me servants any longer. I want you to call me friends. But the greatest thing about being a friend is, is that when we're friends with somebody, we want to help them. We want to serve them. We want to be there with them. And it's great to know that Jesus is our friend for sure, but a friend to Jesus means that we also need to be willing to serve him in whatever area that he calls us to serve. So we are Jesus' servant friends, you could say. Several years ago, I've told you before about how I was in the hospital and had cancer surgery, and I was there about 10 days. And uh, during those 10 days, uh, they wanted somebody to stay with me at nighttime. And so I have three sons. And fortunately, each night, one of those sons would show up and they would stay with me during the night. And so they became friends to me, which they had been before because they're all uh, good young adult men. But they also became servant friends in that time together there during those few days. And so we have that opportunity to become more than just friends with Jesus, but rather to be servant friends. Celebrate through humble service like Mary did in uh, this verse. She says, from now on, uh, all generations will call me blessed. She celebrates next each new generation that has an opportunity to come to know Jesus. She celebrates God's mercy and God's forgiveness to each new generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arms. Each generation, God performs deeds in order for people to see that he is who he claims to be. One of the most exciting things for pastors and teachers and parents and so on is, is that we get to see uh, whenever we speak to somebody, we get to see people who listen to us, and before you know it, sometimes they even actually do what you've asked them to do. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, it's, it's a situation where each generation has the responsibility to teach and to preach and to demonstrate in their lives what it means to be a Christian, so the next generation then incorporates that into their life, and they can see uh, how the Christian faith is going to be passed on. You invest yourself in someone, and then you see your time rewarded as the next generation uh, lives the example that you've been teaching to them over the years. In this church, there have been many great leaders over the 175 years. 
Uh, some of those were pastors, and I knew uh, at least three of those pastors prior to coming here. I remember Paul Levan from when I was a young fellow, and he wore these kinds of ties way back then, too. <laughs> so I wore his tie this morning here to remind me that he was one who came before, and he got to see the opportunity of God pass, God's gift being passed on to future generations. And so perhaps many of you are here this morning because of his gift of evangelistic outreach. And then there was Doug Stratton who brought a caring and loving presence in his teaching. And he was right there uh, needing people. And he was my pastor whenever I was a little kid. And I probably would not be a pastor today if it wouldn't have been for Doug and Esther uh, encouraging me along the way. And one of my older brothers became a pastor also because of his challenge. And one of my younger brothers became a pastor because of his challenge. So Doug made a difference in people's lives in a very individualistic kind of way, helping us to see what we should do to serve the Lord in our life. Your last pastor, Dave Waldo, was a good visionary. He was the kind of fellow who was able to create with you and help you to follow a mission statement. Remember that mission statement, be neighbors, make neighbors, and build God's neighborhood. And so that's the challenge that you folks have taken up as you have helped the church to grow. You've been neighbors to others, you've made neighbors from people around you at work and at school and so on, and you've become God's neighborhood right here at Greenfield. These people... Each new generation celebrating together with the Lord uh, what God has been able to do through them in the next generation. And so in the future, we can honor our future pastor, Pastor Dan, as we commit to pray for him regularly and to support his ministry here in the church. And this support will provide then a way for the next generation, many of whom are not yet born, to be brought into God's family uh, and you can celebrate like Mary did, celebrating the ongoing work of God. All generations will be able to uh, sing the mighty power of God in their life. And then uh, the next one in verses 51 to 53, it's kind of unusual here, but Mary sings an unusual song of judgment of all things. She celebrates that through God's mighty deeds of judgment, judgment against the proud, judgment against evil rulers, judgment against those who are uncaring, that don't use their resources properly, God will, in the end, bring justice to the world in which we live. You and I all know that this world is a long way from being just, isn't it? It's a long way from being righteous. And we wonder how in the world... Uh, why in the world are things going the way they're going? Why doesn't God do something about it? Well, we can do like Mary. We can sing that God indeed will. He'll perform mighty deeds with his arms. And he will scatter those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He will bring down rulers from their throne. And he will uh, send the rich away empty-handed. In the Bible, there are story after story of this kind of judgment against those who did sinful things. Even people who seem to be good people on the outside. King David, man after God's own heart, he was judged when he sinned by taking another man's wife. And so later, his son rebelled against him, and judgment came to his kingdom. King Solomon was judged when he took 
too many wives, and those wives were not uh, godly people, and he even built them pagan temples there in Jerusalem. And so his judgment was is that his kingdom would be divided and his sons would not uh, share his throne. There are many examples of how God judges those who have sinned. But we can be thankful that God will someday judge those in our world and in our time that have sinned, those proud rulers, those evil rulers, those uncaring people. We can be sure that even though right now it doesn't seem like things are even, that justice is not prevailing, someday we can sing with the song of Mary, in fact we can sing it now, that someday God will bring judgment and justice and righteousness to our world. But that also falls into the life of people like you and I. You and I sometimes face what I would call discipline instead of judgment because that's what the scripture calls it. God disciplines those he loves. But you and I as Christians, we don't have to fear God's discipline because we know that he will forgive us as we come to him. He has forgiven us through what Jesus has done for us on the cross. And if we're intent on doing the Lord's will, if we're depending on God, if we're living a life that really shows his pleasure, then even in the midst of difficult times, what the scripture calls disciplines, the disciplines of life's troubles, God will be with us. So we have that beautiful verse that many of you have probably memorized. Romans 8.28 says, All things work together for good to those what? To those who have been called according to his purpose. Those who love God and those who have been called according to his purpose. So even though troubles and discipline may come into our life, uh, God will work it out in the end uh, for his glory. Each of us could probably give an example of uh, something that we've learned through a difficult time in our life, a, a disciplining time of our life. And just let me read to you a bit from Hebrews that talks about God's discipline. This is what Mary was celebrating. In um, Hebrews 12, and beginning with verse... I uh, can't read it, but anyhow, I'll read the words. Uh, verse 6, I guess it is. My son... Do not make light of the Lord's discipline, and do not lose heart when he rebukes you, because the Lord disciplines those he loves and punishes everyone he accepts as a child. So endure hardship. God is treating you as his children. For what child is not disciplined by his parents? If you are not disciplined, and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not a child and not a true child of God. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father our spirits and live? Our fathers disciplined us for just a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but rather painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. So Mary was celebrating the fact that even when discipline comes into our life, when God has to correct us, he helps in that correction, in that time of trouble, he helps to point us off in the direction that he would go. 
And again, we could all tell examples of that in our life, how we can see God disciplining us even in the midst of the difficulties that we must endure. And then finally, we see in uh, these verses in Matthew, the last few verses, 52 and following, that uh, we can celebrate God through his blessings to the humble, to the hungry, to the servant people of God, from Abraham and his descendants even to the present. Imagine the situation in your life. Imagine that you have great plans, you've got everything in order, you know just, oh, this is going to work out great, and all things are just going to be hunky-dory after this. And then all of a sudden, some big event happens in your life, and all your plans go out the window. What do you do? Well, Mary had that thing happen to her, didn't she? She had great plans for a future with her husband, Joseph. But things changed. Well, Mary, what did she do? She ran off to celebrate that change with her cousin Elizabeth. And this demonstrated for us and, and for those around her, her servant humility. She was ready to change her plans for God's plan for her life. And I pray that God may help you to be willing to change your plans. I've seen it in my life. God has changed my plans many times where I thought I had things figured out and then they went some other direction. But verse 53 says that he has filled the hungry with good things. If we're hungering and thirsting after righteousness, he will fill us with good things even though it will not be in the way we think it should happen. More importantly, though, God can satisfy the hunger for a fulfilled life, a life that Jesus calls an abundant life. He said, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it abundantly. Jesus wants us to celebrate like Mary celebrated, a life of being a servant of God. This song of Mary tells us uh, what the scriptures often teach for us, that a fulfilled life comes as we invest ourselves in serving other people. So in this Christmas season, as we know, Christmas is all about that, isn't it? About giving to others, serving other people. So the challenge will be for us is to think of ways, small ways, big ways, that we can show the Lord, uh, like Mary did, that we are willing to change our plans, we're willing to be that servant uh, for him in the situation in which he places us. We demonstrate God's mercy in service. As we celebrate God's mercy to us, we join with generations and generations of people, as he says in these verses, generations who reached out in service to the Lord, who lived the life of humility, people who glorified the Lord, they exalted the Lord with their soul. They set the example for others so that they too could follow Jesus in their life. And generation after generation of people have come to know Jesus in that very way. Can you celebrate your uh, oneness with Christ Jesus? Can you celebrate like Mary did, the song of Christmas? And perhaps that has to happen today first by asking Jesus to come into your life to ask Jesus to forgive your sin and to live in your life through the power of his Spirit. If you haven't done that, then now's the time to do that. No better time than Christmas time to celebrate a new birth. 
And if you're a Christian like I've been for a long, long time, then you need to challenge yourself on a regular basis. Am I living that life of service for the Lord? Am I showing in my actions and my words and my deeds that I want to glorify the Lord, that I want to exalt him as my Savior? Shall we pray? Lord Jesus, we're thankful today for your presence with us. Each and every day we see you working miracles around us in our world. The miracle of creation, the miracle of love and action through our friends and our family, the miracle of changed lives as people focus on you and your direction for their life. We pray today, Lord, that you would speak to us through your word and through your spirit, and that we may sing glory to you, even as Mary did long ago. For we pray in Jesus, our precious Savior's name, amen.